Welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, some great stuff going on to take a look at. Roadmaps in the cloud and a roadmap on cloud, as well as Atlassian selling their acquisition in video tool Jitsi and announcing new partnerships with other entities. I am Ryan Spilkin, and today I'm joined by Brenda Burl and our part-time special guest regular host, Matthew Stubblefield. Brenda, Matthew, hello. Hello. Nice to see you, Ryan. Good to be back. It is wonderful to have you. Now, Matthew is is joining us especially today on on break from parenthood, which you know we know Matthew is just doing a great job at. Um, so, thanks for taking the time, Matthew. And I'm sure our listeners are looking forward to hearing your particular brand of insight. My, my insight after being completely out of the loop for the last month. Well, you know, that's okay. If there's one way to get back in on track after you've been on a, a paternity leave, it's with a roadmap. Uh, 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 see what I did there, guys? They're yeah. laughing, but they're muted because they don't want you to know that they're laughing. So we have found that there is a page that we will, of course, share on our SoundCloud that you can see the roadmap for next generation projects on Jira Software Cloud. It's kind of a nice page. I I wish we had this for anything else. Like, I, I wish I had it for just Jira Cloud in general. Um, it's a very specific roadmapping page. Uh, we don't have a, that type of thing quite for server or anything. Like, we can see a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting as well to see, you know, for instance, there's an entry under shipped, drop down custom fields, uh, shipping tomorrow. Um, so not sure when, when this podcast will be published today is Monday, October 29th and drop down custom field is dated October 30th, 2018. I, you know, it occurs to me they're, um, probably in Australia, right? It uh, is in fact the 30th in Australia. So it's probably uh-huh. the 30th in Australia. So, so maybe I didn't check my own cloud instance to see if drop down custom fields are there. Maybe I won't get it till tomorrow. Hard to say. Well, it's for next generation projects, but good, good. So publish today, drop down custom fields. <laughs> but it, it is, it's interesting. I love the layout, how simple it is. Now, I don't like it on my, my computer that every time I open one of the coming soons, it moves the page. I just want the page to fold mm. down, but that's minor, right? I also love top right-hand corner, simple, plain as day, suggest an idea. This is this is like um, a really good. I feel like this is a good example of moving fast and breaking things because you know when you, you know that they're thinking about fixing them and they're giving you a way to input into the process. Brenda, what do you think? I agree. I think the the page is beautiful. I would love to see something like this for all of Jira um, because this I can see at a glance. Here's things that are upcoming. Here's what's new, and it's a great way to keep up on what the changes are. Uh, we have. I don't necessarily want to say we've heard complaints, but we have heard, you know, customers say that, you know, things change from day to day in cloud and we don't know what's what. Well, for next gen projects, now you know what's what and when. And this, it is beautiful design. Um, just the web page is easy to read. There's, it's very clear where you can suggest an idea. It's very obvious at a glance, subtasks are coming soon. 
and custom epic color coming soon. And these <laughs> I know. I mean, great. you know. <laughs> um, but but these are things that people may be interested in, and they may want to know. Hey, that's coming. So um, I I would absolutely love at last scene if you're listening. Please, 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 please make a page like this for all of Jira. For all of Atlassian products, just every yeah, one of all your products. All of Atlassian products, every single one. Use use this page as the template. Look, we're not asking for much. No, really, not much at all. It wouldn't take long. Just a snap of the fingers, right? That said, you do have to take the roadmap with a great assault. Um, partially because this is so focused on Jira software. Partially because uh, Atlassian's uh, sort of how they are communicating about their, especially cloud, um, kind of all over the place. We'll be we talking about a few different instances, but the the next one we want to highlight is on the developer blog. So developer.atlassian.com. Available to anybody, just a different URL. And published just a few days ago, uh, we've learned that cloud instances can be renamed. And, and actually, to walk that back slightly, the title of the blog post, uh, cloud instances can now be renamed. Uh, that's not actually true. Um, and we'll link through to the, the community thread to highlight um, sort of the, some of the time frame, but this is, this is kind of a big deal. Uh, up till now, um, it was kind of a difficult process. And, and Brenda, you were telling us about a project that, that you've got going on. So yeah. like if somebody wants a different name or different URL right now, what do they have to go through? Well, so we have a client that uh, has rebranded their company and is looking to change the URL of their website. In order to do that currently, they will have to export all of the content from their existing cloud instance they will have to import it into a new cloud instance. In theory, this is easy, but that's in theory. Um, and, and we're actually, you know, we want to make sure that we're, uh, we're helping this client uh, being available to provide support through that process. Um, it is, you know, you have to, in order to get that export and do that import, you have, you are entirely dependent on Atlassian support. You have to request the backup to get your export. You have to request the import. Um, so it, it's, it's one of those things where you really have to be willing to give up control. Um, and so finding out that it's even on the horizon that you could just simply request a rename, which is what it sounds like it's going to be, um, is going to save a ton of time um, because that is a very lengthy process to go through to get a, a new URL associated with your site. Yeah, and just the, the idea of having a migration involved instead of just flipping a switch. Get, it makes me a little bit like. Mm. There's always a little bit of risk when when you're moving data around, and uh, so so yeah, it's 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 been one of those things where people are like, why can't you just do this? Yeah. And, so and that, it sounds like eventually maybe it will be. Yeah. So the good news is we'll be able to flip a switch, change the URL. The bad news is this has the potential to break every app you have installed in your Jira instance. Um, at the very least, it may slow things down. Um, I know app developers are, are pretty concerned about this. And as a reminder, app is the new name for add-on, which was the new name for plugin. So if you've been around in the Atlassian ecosystem for a while, we're talking about plugins. Uh, and in cloud, uh, the way it works through the um, sort of Connect API is, is the developers actually running a lot of things on their servers. And he's integrated with the Atlassian cloud and, and pass a bunch of stuff back and forth. And um, the first announcement of the URL change functionality was through this blog post. So it's caught a lot of app developers off guard. So um, we'll see uh, how this works out. Despite the title being cloud instances can now be renamed. 
The truth is that it has not actually rolled out yet. Uh, it's going to progressively roll out to Jira and Confluence cloud customers over the next couple of months, starting with Confluence rather than Jira, which makes sense. Confluence is a lot simpler and it has a smaller app uh, ecosystem than Jira. Um, also, Atlassian is going to set a limit uh, five renames. Uh, my understanding from from what we've read here is that it is sort of self-initiated. You could just go in and kick it off. Uh, it's not like submitting a support ticket. But if you do want to rename more than five times, you would have to get support involved. Um, so we'll link to uh, um, those two different, the blog post and the discussion forum in the SoundCloud description. Well, while we're on it, we've got another new feature that's being revamped in the cloud version of Jira software. And that is the road mapping tool. And this has, this has made quite a stir. So this is something that people have been asking us for for a long time. Is there a way to create a roadmap? How do we create a roadmap? What do we use to create a roadmap? Um, so this is, this is going to make a lot of people really happy, I think. But at the same time, it's going to make some of our colleagues at other partners very unhappy. If they've invested considerable amounts of time and resource in developing industry leading uh, or not did into developing excellent Gantt chart applications, this is sort of uh, they're getting Sherlocked, as it were. Yeah. And as of today, like I don't view the roadmap as that big a deal. I know a lot of app developers are concerned because, um, you know, they create these apps to create Gantt charts. And uh, that's been a big gap in the Atlassian tools. And so, you know, as you allude to, Ryan, you know, this concept of Sherlocking, this this idea of the, uh, you know, I think it originated with Apple, you know, and Apple putting putting a feature into the core operating system that somebody else had made software to, to supplement or to provide. So Atlassian for a long time has t- taken the stance that uh, they want to support app developers. They want that marketplace. They, you know, when there's a gap and somebody fills that gap, Atlassian has generally avoided uh you know, coming along and and writing those features into the core applications. This this did kind of surprise a lot of people. That said, uh, it really depends on where they go in the future. Because I look at it right now from the perspective of a project manager, and I go, "This roadmap feature in Jira software is useless." I mean, it's like it's like using a crayon on a piece of paper. All I can do is draw some little boxes. It's not informed by estimates or logic or any sort of calculation. It's not it's not like moving around based on dependencies. I can't you know, set anything on there. It's really just the Epic level that I'm seeing. So, um, I don't find it supremely useful. Uh, and it's like, I can't even export it to a report. So like, why wouldn't I just do it in Confluence instead of Jira? But who knows where Atlassian is going next? And that's the big question out there of what other features are going to come. Cause there's no roadmap for roadmap. And about the time that they say, Hey, We've, we've now added estimates. Um, Jira Cloud didn't have story point estimates until just a few weeks ago. Now it does. And about the time they roll up story point estimates to the Epic level and have your roadmap you know, change based on those estimates, and all they have to do is add in dependency mapping where you've got you know, sort of a finish to start approach or something like that, they're just two features away from knocking out a lot of the Gantt chart apps. Well, yeah, and even their own portfolio product. Interesting to see where they go next. And they are rolling yeah. out so many features so quickly across the platform that it wouldn't be much to say that that's where they're headed. This has generated some heat on the community forums. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so we're going to link to an article uh, where Atlassian previewed a bunch of the stuff back in June of 2018. 
Um, way back so in the day. Was, yeah, like this is forever in Atlassian time. Riding a dinosaur. Um, road mapping at the time was a feature that could be enabled or disabled. Um, and it was sort of like a, this had just sort of launched as a test type thing. The blog post itself, not that interrupted, pretty brief, just a bit of an overview. But I feel like this has become the unofficial forum for discussion about cloud. It's got 146 comments. The most recent one, just like 15 minutes before we started recording this podcast. So people are still going to this post on community. And this is where a lot of the discussion is. So we're going to link to that in SoundCloud if you want to take a look. Uh, it's a good thread to follow uh, if you want to keep abreast of the discussion and, and what people in the community are saying about cloud and next-gen projects. And of course, we will also link to the Atlassian documentation on the roadmap feature. Editor's note, at this point, we diverged into a conversation around the snacks Brenda was eating at the moment. To hear that conversation, look on SoundCloud for our special episode 55B. And now, back to the podcast. So sorry, guys. Before our snacks, before our snacks, let's before Before our detour into the world of snacks... Um, I was about to introduce an article in which Atlassian sells Jitsi. Um, Jitsi was an open source video conferencing tool. Um, it purchased it in 2015. And after announcing that um, Atlassian plans to shut down HipChat and Stride and sell the IP to Slack, it is now selling Jitsi to 8, is it 8x8? Is that how you pronounce it? 8x8. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so 8x8 is going to integrate it with current conferencing solutions, um, and they plan to keep it open source. Um, it's not a lot of details on, you know, what the, uh, the commercials behind that were. It doesn't say what the, the deal actually was. Um, but yeah, the intention Atlassian had behind acquiring Jitsi in the first place was to add video communications to HipChat and later Stride, which of course they're both being shut down. So, um, just a little interesting note that Atlassian is, in addition to acquiring products, they're they're looking to you know sort of continue along the line of what we're not going to work with anymore. We're going to move on from. I'm now looking up eight by eight. I'm interested. I mean, does that? I guess it doesn't really have any major bearing on you know who they're selling a product no. to. It's not even talking about what the the deal went down for, like the price of the deal. So this is all sort of this is low key. It's low key, yeah. but it is kind of relevant because over the weekend there's big news about IBM's acquiring Red Hat, and so there are questions around you know what happens when open source software is acquired. You know, um, a lot of developers rely on open source software. Um, you know, but can can you expect it to remain open source if if it's acquired? That sort of thing. So there are a lot of questions around acquisition of open source software, and so this is definitely one that that kind of I mean, IBM Red Hat kind of big news over the weekend. Um, this one, yeah, maybe a little more low key, but still one to consider if you're interested in the the conversation topic of open source software. Yeah, and along with that, we see that Atlassian and Zoom have now announced some integrations, which brings everything more in line with the 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 partnership between Atlassian and Slack. We are moving over to Slack at Adaptivist. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling folks that. We're we're in the Atlassian no, ecosystem, so we're moving yeah, that way. And, and Slack and Zoom already have a nice integration. Um, I think it's notable in this 
in this article, uh, which is from a couple of weeks ago, it's really highlighting it's just that Zoom is creating integrations, deeper integrations with the Atlassian stuff. And I suspect the Slack deal helped facilitate that, you know, just sort of raise the raise that on the radar a bit. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Zoom. Uh, years ago, after I started at Adaptivist, we had a number of different teleconferencing solutions because there wasn't really an obvious um, pick at the time. Like HipChat was still, I mean, it's it's always been kind of buggy and bad, and it was it was more so back then. Um, we had a little bit of Skype. We had some different things, and so I actually did a big audit of different web conferencing solutions, and Zoom is what I picked because we had you know, we would have conference calls where we needed people from the U S and the UK and Belgium and India and nothing else handled it as well. Um, so I've been a big proponent of zoom. It's nice to see it getting more in here. I'm, I'm really enjoying moving over to Slack. I also really enjoy that. I can type slash zoom and give it a name and it will pop up a zoom meeting room. I we've did got that. not know that. Yeah. We've got That's that app already installed. Going to be um, really useful for the way my team works in particular. Uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's very often the way it has been is a hip chat message of, Hey, can you hop onto a call? Well, what's the link? Here's the zoom room. We love zoom. Zoom's fantastic. I'm really excited to see this, but being able to that integration with Slack, my team has effectively already adopted Slack. We're more or less off of hip chat at this point. Um, I have, I have liked the move a lot more than I thought I would. I'm being into the territory of you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, and, and I've been using HipChat forever and why is, why do we have to change? But I've, I've been enjoying Slack so much that it's like, why would I use HipChat anymore? Um, but just being able to, you know, launch that zoom meeting from Slack is amazing. So yeah, that's going to be very useful for us. I am literally mindblown.gif. <laughs> it's me. And on that note, folks, we are at the end of another episode of Adaptivist Live. Matthew, how is parenthood treating you? How are you feeling as a new dad? You know, it's, it's been great. Uh, and props to Adaptivist as a company in my Adaptivist family. Um, especially as an American, I just feel so blessed to have paternity leave. Like, I feel like that's kind of unheard of. Uh, so I got a couple of weeks off to spend with my new son, Simon. And take care of my wife and uh, I can work from home. I'm just doing part-time right now. It's, it's just wonderful. And he's wonderful. And it's been, it's been great. My team is awesome. So uh, shout out to learning and development at Adaptivist. They've, they're just, they're rock and rolling. They're it's all right. They're all right. Great. And for our listeners at home, Simon is one of the cutest babies I have ever seen. <laughs> he's up he there. Has got, he's got a bit of a mullet. It's fantastic. Um, he is He's super chill and just one of the cutest things I've ever seen. I cannot wait to meet him when I get to visit at Christmas Day. I've, I've had a few days where like I've got him in a Moby wrap and I'm working. He's just strapped to me and, and we're just moving on with life. But it's been great. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. Brenda, thank you for joining us as, as always. Um, if you have something to talk about with us, are you a next-gen project user? Do you love Zoom? We want to hear from you. Give us a shout at learn at adaptivist.com. So for Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell, I'm Ryan Spilken, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. I thought I was, I thought I was being slick as nope, usual. You're going to have to edit it extensively. Damn it. Yep. You've ruined everything. We might as well just throw this whole podcast out.